the sincere moments of going, do you guys know when are better than, do you guys hate it when some dickheads like sure. yelling at you or honks? <laughs> you know, uh, you want a sincere, like I remember, I remember. I like your new bad comedian character. It's <laughs> <laughs> he, a he sound meaty enough? Yeah, yeah. I mean, come on, guys. <laughs> I think uh, it's a good start. Uh, Tom Segura, the first time I met him, we were playing in a, um, in a, we were booked on this weird bar in Venice, California, and he had this great bit about how a guy honked at him while he was in traffic, and he looked back, and the guy looked at him and went, no, no, and motion, made a motion, like, over. Like, I'm honking the guy in front of you. Oh, yeah. And like, It's hard to direct and your honks. And Segura's like, you can't do that. Yeah. You can't honk through <laughs> yeah. me. And I thought that was so... That, was that so, is funny. And it's one of those things, because it's it's, we've all... We, even if you haven't been there, been there. Yeah. That's so believable. Yeah. Like, he's not lying. He didn't make that that's up. That's right. It's not, it's not pandering. Welcome to the Underground Comedy Podcast with Sean Joyce. For more information about our live shows, check out undergroundcomedydc.com. Hey, what's up? Well, this is it. Underground Comedy Fest is finally here. We got 20 shows featuring 80 comics from around the country. It will all take place over four days starting this Wednesday night. On Wednesday night, we'll have two Comedy Central audition showcases at Big Hunt. The early show is already sold out, so grab tickets to the 945 if you want to see the best comics in the city performing for a chance to go to Clusterfest, Comedy Central's giant festival in San Francisco this summer. Also Wednesday night, comedic legend Todd Barry will be at DC Drafthouse doing his crowd work show. Thursday night, we'll have Rami Youssef headlining two shows at Big Hunt. Rami has an HBO special and a new show on Hulu coming out this year. We'll then have five shows on Friday and finish the festival with eight shows on Saturday. The full festival schedule, lineups for each show, and tickets are available on the website. Our guest this week is Matt Bronger. Speaking of festivals, Matt is the co-founder of Bridgetown Comedy Festival in Portland, Oregon. He was a cast member on Mad TV and has performed on Conan and Letterman. He has a new one-hour special called Finally Live in Portland and a new podcast called Advice from a Dipshit. This conversation was recorded at DC Draft House in between shows, so there is a little bit of music in the background. I was born in Chicago, but I grew up in Portland. Okay. So, so I, I'm a Portland person. Right. And a, I would say arguably, arguably a Portland comic, but I... Um, I started doing comedy in Chicago. Uh, How long I, did you do it there? Um, probably f- I was there for six years, so maybe four, and then four, and then went to L.A. Yeah. And, so uh, did you ever live in Portland doing comedy? Uh, no. I mean, I, I would go back and and play there all the. I what I used to do, the origins of uh, Bridgetown, the comedy festival, I yeah. kind of co-founded, not kind of, but yeah, I was give Andy Wood and and Whitney Street and. Um, a uh, uh, ton of other people, way way more uh, credit than than I should ever have from doing but like behind the scenes work. I, I I would go back, and my friend Chantel uh, had a venue that was a former funeral home that was converted into a bar and was like uh, where bands would play, and bands would play. She booked the bands, okay, and so bands would start at ten, and I asked her if I could have the eight to ten spot uh, because the comedy club in Portland, I played there once or twice, but. Um, just say I didn't love it. Okay. But, uh, it, what uh, is it? Helium? Harvey's. Okay. Yeah. And, uh, it, you know, God bless him, but it's most I'll say about that, but, okay, uh, sure. Yeah, so, so, no, it's okay. But, but, um, so <laughs> basically 
I would play the eight o'clock slot and I would have local comics open up for me. And I met Andy Wood on a site called a special thing.com. Yeah. Kind of like comedy nerdism, uh, uh, headquarters at the time. Yeah. And he was embiggin' on, uh, were they writing articles? Like bro- was it like a blog? Basically it, it was, it, what do you call it? Cause it's so a record company it now, is. right? It is, it is. But it was basically, uh, like, there'd be a topic it's like threads after threads and so like a comedy reddit exactly that's what it was thank okay. you it was a comedy sure. reddit and uh he reached out and was like i'm a portland comic um you know you ever want to do shows and i was like hey let's like open for me and he uh was hanging out with me one night and was like i'm thinking about starting a comedy festival and andy's always been that really organized very smart guy like yeah he has a podcast all about science and um with matt kershen okay and um so he's he's on the ball he's one of those guys who like bought a house very young just mm-hmm. re- recognized like yeah well, he the understood money I'm putting in yeah. a rent, i should just you know um ironically enough he rented it out to uh uh one of my cousins and a bunch of his friends and they trashed it that's another story that's what you get for being smart i mean that's that, honestly and they had my uh, my, my, my vinyl album uh, vinyl copy of my, my first album Soak Up the Night on the Mantle the entire time they lived there and I met one of these guys at my cousin Chad's wedding who lived there and the guy was like man I saw that album for fucking years and I know who the fuck that was now it's you <laughs> like yeah, yeah it's me man it you seemed, never asked your roommate seemed annoyed by it yeah it seemed annoyed. Well, it's very funny. He seemed annoyed to actually be face to face with the person who is on the mantle I guess maybe I'm selling him too annoyed but yeah. Um, but yeah and so that's I was going back and doing, uh, doing sh- kind of self-produced shows where I would charge, you know, very fugazi. I would charge five bucks, sure, and uh, I would give some to my openers, and the rest went to my plane. I would make enough to fly home to visit my parents. Okay, I'd stay at my parents' house, and then so. So is this a nice? It was a nice trip back for yeah. you. Yeah, yeah. It was. It was a. It was a. Uh, a paid for trip home. And how long did it? How long was it between when you first? met those guys and starting the festival um maybe a year and is this the first year that there isn't going to be a festival no in the, la- the last year was uh 2016 oh it's, okay it's just on hold right now as far as i'm concerned i would do it in a heartbeat but i don't make any money off it by choice never have but the people that do make money off it make no money off it and they do they give all their effort yeah for a whole year and it's just it, i would like the only way it could come back in my mind is if we had a massive corporate sponsor yeah. that would be willing to cover the costs. Yeah. And that's tough. We had all kinds of local sponsors that were golden to to help us out, but mostly to give us like free pizza, donuts and and alcohol. Yeah, which I is mean it's great, but that doesn't pay for plane fare or hotel rooms and Absolutely. I mean festivals are so hard to make work. Yeah. I mean, you really I mean, I've learned this is like the fourth year of our festival, and it's it's hard to make it work without sponsors. Yeah, and I I hate sponsors, and I really <laughs> I really don't want anything to do with having sponsors. But it just makes it so much harder to it's, make it work. It is one of those things, though, that it it will never not be an absolute bitch because on some level, yeah, it's I, great and it's worth it's a it, bitch, yeah, and it makes it makes people have experiences they would have never had. Yeah, it, you know. I still go back to Portland. I get high five from strangers. Like yeah, I love, it's like kid. It's like eighteen year old kids walking by me. Just holds up a hand. And just high fives me strong and just keeps walking. I'm like, there's a little Ferris Bueller walking by. But I will say, because I was just thinking of how you know I I played uh, uh, just for laughs probably like 
eight or nine times. Mm-hmm. Uh, Montreal alone. I've done uh, Toronto as well. But right. uh, uh, I was thinking in my mind, it was like, well, what's the alternative? State sponsorship. And I was... Uh, John Doerr, he does these like a month long thing where he tapes this this show where he hosts it. And uh, do you know John? I not personally. He's he's great. He's a really good fun guy, but uh, he's the most kind of like amiable dude. But okay, I I was told for my shoot to bring uh, a, a a shirt option or okay. two, and all they said was no stripes. Okay. And so I brought two shirts that were, they had light patterns, nothing major. So I go up on stage and there's the two guys like that are in charge of sponsorship or whatever. And I don't know why the fuck they're weighing in on shirts, but you know, there it is. So they're like, all right, have them up with the shirt. And I'm up there and this, this guy goes, uh, that shirt's no good. And the guy next to me goes, that shirt's no good. Like next to me. And this and is like, just a regular taping. This is not like a green screen behind you or anything. No. No. It's like, it looks like a inside of a bar. And so I, t- I take the other one out and he's like, he's like, no good either. And I was like, uh, can you tell him he said no stripes? And the guy's looking at me like, huh? and I'm like, I'll tell him, hey man, you just said no stripes. And the guy goes, that what you have is worse. And I'm like, <laughs> yeah. and I was like, I'll leave, man. Where it was one of those things where it's just like, this this taping I'm doing is paying for yeah. me being at the festival. Yeah. But at this it's you know, that's how they get you out there, unless you're like a massive name. Yeah, yeah. You do yeah. seven minutes for television and you sign it over and they can they own it, you know, you own the material. It's for but, Canadian television? Yes. Yeah. And it's all good. But it was just like just the fact that that dude was such a cock. Yeah, it's frustrating. That I kind of <laughs> and I kind of just turned in like, you know, the ultimate power of no. I'm just like, you know what, man, fly me home. Yeah, I was just, but it, all of, my only fly me home thing was just, just don't be a dick. Yeah, it's hard. I mean, if I was him, I would have been like, look, man, I know we just said no stress, right. but it was a You've... form letter. Neither of those work. I'm really sorry. Do you have anything else that would work? We will send someone to pick it up. But there's a whole category like, of people. There's a whole group of people that have that attitude that that dude has. It is nuts. Whatever their job is, it doesn't matter what their job is. Yeah. They could be in any industry. Right. And if you're not doing what they thought in their head it was going to be they're going to they're going to like use they any authority they have yeah 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 even no no matter how ridiculous it is or it's how insane. counterproductive it is it's insane but you ended up i assume getting another shirt and doing it they just were like one of them were like it's fine they accepted your pattern yeah cuz it wasn't it was not a big deal at all yeah this guy just had like something stuck in his ass yeah. that was hurting i don't know but it was just he just wanted he was mean to everybody and right. i got backstage i'm like what's with that guy and mm-hmm. john's like oh that guy's a cock man he's just a cock to everybody for no reason i think it's just you know he's a little bit older and probably things didn't work out for him or something or he's just, or right. he's just who knows you know, he's just satisfied I, they're just it. people yeah they're just people that are like that yeah do you look back on that like is that a is that a big part of your career that festival is that just like something yeah. that you did or do you does that is that like one of like your big things for Huge. you you mean Bridgetown? Yeah. 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 Massive. Massive. Because it was it was a yearly thing I always looked forward to and I always had like younger comics thanking me for right. being in it and some of them mad at me for not, not booking them. Andy caught way more of that than I did. Yeah. But and it and it also when we used to do shows when I started with you know, the first year, uh, we couldn't get any media coverage. Mm-hmm. No one would even it's like 
comedy who care, who cares kind of thing. Yeah, Which I get it. I mean, because that was like a comedy. No, that was kind of like about at the beginning of the boom or pre-boom. A little bit. Yeah. Right on the front end of it before. Like now, I would imagine it, it wouldn't be that difficult to get local coverage for that at all. Not. Well, no. Now everyone loves it. Like right. when we said we were putting an end to it at, at, at 10 years, just like the outcry was insane, which was very nice. And, and people, locals love it. We got so much. I, I love Portland, Oregon so much. And not just because I'm from there. But because it 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 gave us such a perfect place to do that, and like, I mean, every comedy festival, with the exception of the ones that are already established, owes us a debt because we did it first. And I think it's awesome that they all they all came. When out. you say we did it first, do you mean like a specific type of festival? Yeah, uh, and a what, small grassroots festival, right? That was specifically designated and defined as as comedic. It came out of comedy. It came yes. out from comedians in America. Yeah, that would be, you know, yeah. not not worldwide, but and now know, there's a bunch of them. There's a bunch, and I think that's golden. And I don't say they owe us a debt. Like I'm angry. I'm of course. very glad. I'm very happy. But I'm just, I'm just being honest. Hey know? man, well, at, at least they're paying the same price that you had to pay every year. No, yeah. of doing it. Well, I mean, a lot of them are like owned by Golden Voice now. Which... Well, assume I mean, yeah, <laughs> but I'm talking about the ones that are actually comics doing it, sure, like sure. comics yeah, putting it too. together, that or too. or. Even if it's not a comic, even a one club putting mm-hmm. on a festival, it, it's yeah. still a lot of work. And also, I should say, like, I don't hate on the ones that Golden Voice owns. I'm glad they exist. Who's Golden Voice? I don't even know what that is. It's it's basically like a a, a promotional company. Uh-huh. They they own it. They own a ton of festivals. Like, what's an example of a festival they own? Do you uh, know? They own a ton of musical festivals. Oh, okay. Yeah, and they're starting to. To take over comedy festivals yeah, as well? Yeah, them. Like, they own Riot Fest. I would love for them to buy my fucking festival. Right on. Right I'll on. sell it to them for 50 bucks. 50 bucks. <laughs> uh, 50, 50 to 100. No, I'll I mean, take. it's... I mean, I think as long as they're out there, I don't really have a problem with, you know, the corporate money going in. Because yeah. I, I like I like the young comics having that experience. Yeah, I think it's a... It's like... It's such a... It's like a fun make, time. I like to hang right, out with yeah. funny people. Like, I, I came to your show at Big Hunt last night and just... All I did was watch and it was awesome. Just watching like local comics kill it was rad. Yeah, the I mean that's the only thing that has made doing the festival remotely plausible is just the fact that there's already eight shows at Big Hunt every week. Mm. So it's kind of like yeah. plus I've plus three others plus four here. It's like there's already kind of a mini festival every weekend. Yeah. So it's it kind of goes it goes well, but but trying to bring a bunch of people at once is so hard. It's tricky. That that's the hard part and it makes my brain explode trying to yeah, keep it bananas. all straight. But I give a lot of credit to, you know, all all these uh festivals. Yeah. Limestone and Right. You know. Yeah, there's a, yeah, Wars. they're all over the place. Yeah. So, uh do you think like have you seen comedy change a lot through the course of your I mean, of course it has changed a lot through mm-hmm. the course of your career, but you know, what are the ways that that stand out to you that it's oh, changed? Oh, uh, people's exposure to it, people's understanding of it. Uh, a regular person, yes, just, a just civilian, a, yeah, as we uh-huh. call them. Uh, from uh, streaming services and um, podcasts, podcasts definitely, and people going, "Oh, comedy is is uh, accessible and now kind of relatable." And yeah, it is an it is an option. Uh, besides just the local comedy club, which yeah. and I that is, that is not to say I don't love local comedy clubs. I sure, sure. They pay my bills, and uh, I like that they are a place you go to and you know what you're getting. Plenty yeah. of places come to comedy clubs where I'm playing. Don't know who the 
fuck I am, but they come. Right. And it's great. Um, but I, I, I feel like now people have, we're in an age where there are people who have favorite comedians more than ever. If that makes any sense. Absolutely. Yeah. You didn't have people be like, my favorite is they'd have to think about it a minute. Yeah, definitely. Now, people... or they only know the one of the top five comics in the world. Exactly. They exactly. only know those comics and that's they, it. Now people have like niche acts where they're like, have you heard of a Parna Nancherla? Exactly. I love her so much. And their friends are like, who's that? DC comic. Mm -hmm. I kind of discovered her. Yeah. A little bit. Nice. We played Walter Reed during a uh, uh, Benson ball. And yeah, I the first Benson ball probably. Probably my 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 wife who is my ex manager current wife. Uh, that was we, probably like two thousand eight two thousand nine. Yeah, yeah. Uh, she 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 repped me back then, and I was like, you you gotta sign this girl. Did she? Yeah, still reps her. Great. And I talk shit. I say I've discovered all your best acts, and she's like, no no. I was already <laughs> looking at Sam J. I was already looking at you know. She's, oh, she's a partner Sam. and Sam J. Yeah. Oh, she's got a roster. That's she's, pretty good. It's it's small, but it's dope. Those but are good people. They are. They are. I'm a fan of both of theirs. Who but else you got? Like, uh, Reggie Watts, Liza Schlesinger. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah, she's doing all right. But like, but she worked her way up. She started out working a, the door at a Boston comedy club. And That's like, cool. I was like, I don't know what I want to do in comedy, but I don't want to perform. I just want to be. Did she ever perform? No. Okay. She'd be she'd be very funny, but uh, she no anyway. But but she I I told her like. Uh, yeah, uh, sign Aparna and, and like I did um, a Aparna show recently at um, what's that Brooklyn place uh, that she does with Maeve and oh God that's uh, Littlefield thank you and she was so sweet the way she introduced me because she was like this is the he's a first next comic is like the first established comic that was nice to me and I was like hey how about that I mean that's what you that get that you get good. rewarded for being a good guy I mean well I just don't she was so smart and so funny. I don't see why I'd be like, hey, what's up, dick? She's awesome, man. Yeah, she's awesome yeah, for she's sure. she's so great. Yeah, I'll, I'm so happy to see her in corporate. You get to see her mm -hmm. every week doing that. It's so good. It's such yeah. a great show. Yeah, she's awesome. So, uh, Sorry, there's a spring in the couch that I thought was like something. I'm fine. It could be nice. A but little I thought spring it was like, in the couch. I, am I right? Yeah. You got any... Uh, so what do you think, what would you say to like young comics that are like coming up now? Do you have like advice for, you do Give an it up, advice podcast. I think I, no. Uh, oh, for like, yep. Advice from a dipshit, free plug. Um, we get a lot of those calls and generally my. Oh, you do? Do you deal with it? Do you? My, my producer, Amanda, filters them out generally because we've had too many. It's, yeah, it's too much. Because the, the, the advice is generally speaking the same. Right. Just keep your head, have patience, go up as often as you can. Um, and. Uh, uh, do the things the one thing I always say is like do the stuff you think is funny uh -huh. don't worry about the crowd don't pander because they would rather be brought in than I have agree. you reach out I agree uh, I feel like your job as a comedian is to have uh, them look th look at things through your eyes and if you're just kind of going you like this right you like this you relate to this the sincere moments of going do you guys know when are better than you guys hate it when some dickheads like sure. yelling at you or honks. <laughs> you know, uh, you want a sincere like I remember. I, remember I like your new bad comedian character. <laughs> he, does it's he a sound needy enough? Yeah, yeah. I mean, come on, guys. <laughs> I uh, think it's a good start. Uh, 
Tom Segura, the first time I met him, we were playing in a, um, in a, we were booked on this weird bar in Venice, California. And he had this great bit about how a guy honked at him while he was in traffic and he looked back and the guy looked at him and went, no, no, and motion, made a motion like over. Like I'm honking the guy in front of you. Oh, oh yeah. And like, it's hard to direct your honks. And Segura's like, you can't do that. Yeah. You can't honk through <laughs> yeah. me. And I thought that was so, that was so. That is funny. And it's one of those things because it's, it's, we've all, we even if you haven't been there, been there. Yeah, that's so believable. Yeah, like he's not lying. He didn't make that that's up. That's right. It's not. It's not pandering. Absolutely. Know? Yeah, pandering is a dead end. Yeah, there's and no way to succeed. There was a fucking, uh, chotch like this dude who is kind of the worst, who because I I followed Tom and I did okay. I didn't do great, uh, but I kind of was like, all right, and I get off stage and this guy grabs me and he's like, he's like, you know why you didn't do that good? And I'm like. Please tell me. Uh-huh. And he goes, because the guy in front of you, he wasn't supposed to do that well. He wasn't. Talking about Tom. Uh-huh. I'm like, why wasn't he? Right. You know, I was like, I I loved him. I thought his presence was hilarious. And now that Tom's blown up, it was like, I kind of saw that coming all sense. along. It right. makes sense. Of course. It, it, never, it was never like him. Like yeah. What? I just knew he had that that relaxed sense of self. That people love on stage, right? I knew it. I knew that guy's gonna do great, but it was so weird. That guy's just like, oh, he doesn't deserve to do well. And needless to say, the guy telling me that was a very handsome man. You know, oh, that's what it was. That's think? what it was. And and maybe because Tom was a little heavier and had a bad haircut or something, I don't know what it was. But <laughs> yeah. it's like the 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 hubris of saying that guy was not supposed to do well. I mean, that is like a beautiful thing about stand-up comedy because you can say ahead of time, you say like, look, sorry, man, I set this up for a mediocre guy to go up in front of you and for you to go gr- to be great. <laughs> you were, I do not think that and was this guy came out and did great. And that think, was fucked up of him to his discredit. I don't think that was his plan. Oh, that wasn't no, what no, it was. No, no. He just had, he just wanted something to say to me. And I don't know why. Okay. Because I was like, because I set shows up like that all the time, where I'm trying. Well, good. Because I'm that, trying to, yeah, I'm trying to flow. vary. Yeah, yeah. That's because cool. I want it to, yeah. yeah, go a certain way. Because certain people, like a partner, for example, if you put somebody that's kind of out, uh, crazy over the top in front of her, right. it can wind the room up to a point where uh-huh. they're having trouble paying attention, and then it's kind of wasting a partner's amazing jokes and presence because they're just they got too wound up from whatever it was it's just not an ideal environment to go into yeah not that not that you shouldn't be able to be able to perform in any in any situation but i do think that there's a way to structure shows so that the the you can get the most out of each comic yeah and, oh, and absolutely. sometimes it goes wrong sometimes a person can surprise you yeah and and it kind of changes it so that's kind of that's the way I was taking that at first. But you think mm. it was about how handsome you are versus him? No, 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 no. That guy was very handsome. Uh, but, but he thought you were the good-looking guy. Think, no, no, no. He. Oh, maybe he. Oh shit! I didn't even take it that way. Maybe he did. I don't know. But I don't know. He might have. You know, I think as as now that I'm thinking about, it, he might have been one of the bookers. I don't know. Right. But it's always those guys that book some small small time bullshit, and I love small time bullshit. Yeah. But so many so many times, so many often. So many times it's those guys that are just like overthinking literally everything. Sure. When there's like this tiny fucking show and there's like four quote unquote producers. Right. Like, guys. <laughs> yeah. They got a team on the they got a team on the job. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Did you wanna did you wanna do something different before you started doing comedy? 
Just uh, yeah, yo, yeah, I was an actor before that. So that was your thing. That you, was my thing. You're like a theater I was doing major. Plays and things, and and um, wanted to be, wanted to just work as an actor. But then I was in Chicago, and I got into improv, which I really dug. But it was mm-hmm. also a really weird scene. Okay. Uh, because it was very small, very worshipped, but because it was very small, uh, there was so much weird competition that, and even. Then, then into now, um, there's still that thing where, where is this going? Is it SNL? No. Then what's the point? Hmm. But way less now, which I'm very happy about. Because people are in improv groups and they can get into, uh, uh, you know, getting booked on other shows sure. and you know they can just do that yeah more options yeah way yeah more they could try to make their own back show then it was just this kind of um i remember there's a guy that came to improv olympic which is the the theater i was out of and he was like i'm a producer i want to see all the teams <laughs> backstage and who knows I, I heard this story i wasn't there at the time thank god because uh-huh. i probably would have been kissing his ass and they were he, he like lined him up he went I want to talk to you, 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 and you. The rest of you, thank you. And everyone <laughs> yeah. left the room, and they wanted to kill themselves. Uh-huh. They were so sad. What the fuck is the point? Why do I do this? And it, it was like when I took level five with Del Close, and then he died after a couple months. So my voice cracked like I was crying. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I didn't know him that well. He was good. but uh, It's okay, man. Let it out. Just... I'm just sobbing. Thank God this isn't a video. <laughs> yeah. And I... Um, I was told I had to take level six and you know, Dell basically invented improv. Okay. So I was like, I just took level five with Yoda. I, I think I'm good. Also, I don't have the money and I'm not going to quote unquote intern, which means moving kegs. I okay. work in a bar. I do it for money, you know? And they were like, all right. And then like a week later, I got a call from my coach who was like, yeah, they're kicking you off the team. You can get back on if you take Cause you weren't s- doing free work, free work for well, them. Cause I wasn't, gonna take level six they just uh, you know that yeah was yeah like bait and switch keep taking classes keep giving us money to stay you're literally paying to perform we were never paid how long had you done improv up to that point probably two years two years was that the end of it that's when uh i was like all right then i'm not and i'd already done a couple open mics mm-hmm. and kind of fall in love with stand-up and yeah back then you had improv or or stand-up never the twain show me right and that's when I always say, like, that's when my lightsaber turned red, where I was like, nah, fuck this. I'm going to stand up now. Yeah, you yeah. Know, I put my hood up. <laughs> yeah, I think a lot of people have had that. There's plenty of bad stand-up experiences, too, but I feel like a lot of people have had that bad improv experience. Well, I got kicked off my team, and I was just like, fuck this. Yeah. I'm, I'm doing my own thing now. Yeah. And, that's, and I was already in with kind of a band of misfits that were inspiring me every time we did stand up and I was like this is way more what I dig anyway. Do you view yourself as a, a pure stand up at this point or <laughs> I didn't know what that is. Well, I, hope, I guess I hope I, so. I, I say I, I guess yeah, that is maybe a weird way to say it, but because you have done a fair amount of acting. Sure. Up to this point. So I mean, is there any reason to divide the two between acting and stand up or you're, you're just open to whatever I just interesting? Like, I just have always I started out as an actor. I, I love doing them both. Mhm. Um, but, uh, I just, I just think like, I, I can't imagine ever stopping doing stand up. Cause I'll talk to, I'll talk to some people sometimes and there are, there, there is a group of people who do stand up and they're like, if I get a chance to 
make it doing something else. Sure. I'll st- I'll stop doing cool. stand up. I mean, and then there are other people who are like, I'll never stop doing stand up. Right. I will always come back to stand up. That's yep. kind of like, that's the most important thing to me. Do you have a feeling? Of- I just feel like I, I, I like the, the Cohen of Popeye. I yam what I yam. You know, it's the uh-huh. ultimate Zen, Zen statement uh-huh. or Zem. No, I just had a stroke there. Uh, <laughs> it, whatever you want to do is, is your thing. If someone wants to stop doing stand up, I'm not going to be like sell out. But what's your thing is what I'm saying. Just basically. you know try to be a good actor but also try to be as good a stand-up as i can yeah and understand i'm not doing one uh to just do the other right right if that makes any sense yeah sure kick myself upstairs yeah yeah you know they like uh i think it was uh that was Patton that was like people think we're doing stand-up to get acting gigs yeah but we like getting acting gigs because then more people come to see us do stand-up right that's what that's what we, we really enjoy where yeah, it's yeah. not this thing. Cause I mean, acting is fun. It's great. But if I just book a role, it's, it feels like winning a scratch ticket to me that I get to do this thing. It's so, you rare. got a lot a rare, like, oh, cool. Lucky I break. Can't depend on that. And I, I don't want to just do that cause I get bored. You know, you do you? Oh fuck. Yeah. Like just, uh, working on a television show. It's, it's fantastic security and it's, it's a lot of fun, but you also kind of want that that immediacy you have with an audience. I right. think Bill Murray said that, where he was like, "Movies are great, but you 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 don't get that that right away thing where you're you're in front of a camera. And you're like, I feel like I did something funny, yeah. But there's no reaction. I will, I, I will not be there for the reaction. I feel that way with this podcast. Yeah, because I never did a podcast before, and I never and I'm just the only creative thing I've done really is stand up, mm-hmm. and so I'm used to just knowing how it went immediately and if it didn't go great i can just just go back up as soon as i can to get to get rid of that and then this is just like well i I don't know i hopefully it's fine Uh uh-huh there's no people i'm not hearing the reaction from it to totally to know one way or the other do you think you would have done anything differently you've had like you've had a long yeah i wouldn't have been uh, so angry in certain emails with some people, I think, and and wouldn't have uh, been. I've, I've always been a little bit of a short-tempered person, which I've worked on through therapy and things. But other than that, you know, maybe <laughs> drink less in my early thirties, yeah, and twenties, and, and and you know, just the typical shit most people say. But yeah, at the same yeah. time, no, because if I changed literally anything, I wouldn't be here. Exactly. Yeah. Are you right. familiar with the butterfly effect? I've it's heard about it. Yeah. Yeah, I, I can't say I would I would change all these things. I don't think anyone should if they're happy where they are, where they are you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, f- I think about it all the time because there are so many just like rough periods I went through in the past. And yeah. uh, and I'm just like, you know, I now I know how I could have been a lot less miserable during all that time. <laughs> but at the same time, if I if I had taken a more normal path and, and not gone through those difficulties, I certainly wouldn't be getting to hang out, you know, doing stand up and yeah. watching stand up and uh, doing podcasts and stuff on the weekends. I would be working a regular job and you know, whatever. Yeah. I have a weird like uh, thing I've always kept in my, my head when I was in Chicago where I interviewed to be a copywriter, uh, advertising, a massive advertising firm. Uh-huh. And they were these two ladies who were introduced or like one introduced me to the other and then they were interviewing me and like, they were really very cool and like 
they were like, yeah, we love that you're a comedian, like all this stuff. And in my head, I was this close to getting hired. And I was like, I didn't come back for the follow-up interview. I was like, it's just not for me. Cause I was like, if I did that, it's going to take up all my time. Right. I'll have money, but right. I'll be giving up my dreams, but I'm sure now they were never going to fucking hire me. Like, back, like back Oh then, really? I always, I think that was my Robert Frost. And, uh, why not? Why, why, why do you wood. think, why, what made you change your mind to think that they wouldn't hire you? Because they wanted me to put a portfolio together and it, probably would have been crap you realize that you don't have a portfolio kind of writing submission i ever had back then it was terrible yeah 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 i have a say i have a similar thing where i i had an interview and it was doing the exact same job almost that i had previously been doing and i was like a little bit further past the level that they were trying to hire me at okay and i interviewed for it and i was like this is if they don't give this to me i don't know who they could possibly give this to that knows more and they i didn't get it and but if I had gotten it, I never would have moved into D.C. I never would have started all these shows. Oh, wow. Like none of it would have happened. Holy shit. And uh, and it was a job that I didn't really want. It was just I just needed a job at the time. And it was a huge break that I didn't get it because it would have put I would have been working out by Dulles Airport, which is like an hour outside of D.C. Yeah. I would have been so far outside of D.C. I would have never been coming into the city mm-hmm. and doing any of the stuff. And. I think not getting that job is probably like one of the most important things yeah. that's happened to me. Yeah. Um, just getting that break. But it's, it's interesting thinking about the acting jobs as like lottery tickets of, as like being lucky. Was that getting on mad TV, a huge break out of, was that, was that out of nowhere? Or no, I mean, I, they, the, the casting people really dug me and they dug that I wasn't from any of the improv like how far into how long have you been performing at that point before you got that? Oh God, I was I was I'd been a, I'd been a stand up and had did auditioned and been on a few shows, but like, um, under five years, probably was that was two thousand eight, so I'd been doing comedy probably about nine years. Oh so. oh okay okay so you but were, since you I were, started though started yeah. Started. You but know. that's still pretty seriously into your career. I guess. That's not like an early lucky break. That's like yeah. nine years in is like, okay, you, you've been you've been working toward it mm-hmm. and it and it makes yeah, sense. Totally. How's the new podcast going? I love it. It's it's uh only about thirty nine, maybe forty episodes deep now and it's it's great. It's half an hour long. People call in, leave messages and uh my producer partner Amanda just calls through them and plays them for me live so I don't Hear them oh, nice. Until we record. That's fun. Me and the guest, if there's a guest. Spontaneous, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. That's good. It, I, it's literally me giving advice from myself, a dipshit. Do you feel like you're helping people with this podcast? Because it's, it's pretty serious. It's crazy. We are. Because you're not that jokey in your answers. No, I, I'm very sincere. You're pretty much just, you're pretty much giving them the advice. I you try to mix it up a little uh-huh. bit, but I don't want, you know, it's just one of those things where I'm just like, well, if we're going to do it, we're going to do it. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. So it is from a dipshit, but it's from the perspective of mistakes. But also, I'll, I'll just throw in some insane horse shit. Just right, to make it right. Fun. Yeah, right. Do you have like ideas of, of stuff that you want to do in your career going forward? Are there things that like, you're like, oh, I'd like to write a book or. Yeah, I mean, there, there, are, there are, I think it's important to, and I didn't re- really recognize this until like my late 30s. Important to have little goals, no matter how lofty. Just have yeah. them. If you if you don't even if you don't meet them, then fuck it. Mm-hmm. But it's good to have those. But also at the same time, one of the worst things you can do is go. 
I want a career like blank. Yeah. You know, because, and I'll, I'll tell you why. Uh, if I were to say something like, uh, you know, John C. Riley, but a stand up, or, okay. uh, you know, uh, Eddie Izzard, who is internationally known stand up, but just does really any acting work he wants to. Mm -hmm. Um, you just don't know what that person is going through. And uh, my friend Katie Dippold, who wrote The Heat and wrote on Mad TV with me, uh, well, she wrote on Mad TV and would write stuff for me sometimes. Mm -hmm. and it's one of the most brilliant comedic minds I've ever known. She told me this story of being at a party with her then boyfriend uh, years and years ago. And this, this guy, friends of, their, friends of theirs, super drunk, like grabbed them both and was like, I love your guys' relationship. Like, I love that you guys are together. Like, you're like the best couple. You're like so awesome. Little did he know they were about to mutually break up. Okay. And so it's like, anytime you're like, that's it. That's what I want. Like, maybe that dude is miserable as shit. Focusing on, on yeah, like just, the way one person just, has done just, it. Just, follow your journey and do what you're doing and don't think someone else has something else that's so much better i think it's limiting also to be like even to say like i want to host the tonight show right. it's like i i to me i do not yeah i that's a that's a gr grinding brutal job ever like to, to me. every night but i think like uh whatever that whether it's the tonight show or being on snl or whatever like locking yourself into one path that's like i think you got to really give yourself a chance to grow into whatever you grow into yeah. because you don't know you don't know what opportunities are going to come up for you and what kind of skills you have because i yeah. think people realize that they have abilities to do things that they didn't realize at first you know you're mm -hmm. just doing stand-up but yeah. you might be great on radio you know you might be great writing a book or doing a one-man show you know it might not be yeah. what you think it's going to be at first mm -hmm. have yeah. you felt have you felt that at all have you felt like you've you've fallen into things yeah i mean i always had like things like oh i i i want to do this and i never want to do this i never wanted that and it's like now what are things, things you just, didn't want to do oh just stuff like uh reality television I, okay I, I <laughs> ever, but, but but i have a reality project that's like in in the works for just just in terms of uh, that I'm pitching uh -huh. and it's not like the real you house. do yeah it's not like the real housewives oh, and right, shit like course. that but like it's it's and it's not it's not me. pure it's, trash it's, <laughs> no 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 it's 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 more it's more like uh, uh it's a narrative you sure. know where where I'm I'm uh I'm I'm just saying I'm doing a it's following me doing an interesting thing yeah yeah not yeah yeah um, and yeah, I was yeah. just like oh I want some mystery so I'll get acting roles and it's like those those rules are broken and gone it doesn't matter you yeah can do anything you want yeah and it's it always should have been that way it, it there's there's no point in in fucking snobbery and and having this idea that oh like movie stars are magic and and uh acting is this 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 golden thing and it's like i love acting i love when someone is a, a brilliant actor there's nothing i'm a bigger fan of sure but i need to kind of uh mix it up and and do all kinds of things just as long as i'm, I'm not doing something completely compromised where i'm just like the voice and the shill of some product yeah or something but if i did an ad it would be an ad for me as much as it would be for the product because i would I would make the the shit like genuinely funny, right? If I could, right? But that that's kind of that's kind of the line. But you, 
it's good to dabble and play in different venues. Yeah, I think that's the thing. If, if you, when you get used to doing stand up, you're so used to having a voice. It's all about your voice. Yeah. Everything is about your voice and your yep. point of view and what you're trying to express to the audience. So I would imagine, I mean, I don't know that much about acting, but I would imagine it is somewhat limiting because a, a lot of times it's not your voice. It's someone else's voice and you're, you're yeah. stepping into yeah, that. But you're also doing, you, you're also doing it the way if you were someone else right. is doing it. So yeah, it is yeah. your voice too. Right. Right. You're delivering it. Yeah. Cool, man. Well, uh, you got stuff, uh, people should check out. Yeah. Uh, my, my special finally live in Portland is out now. Uh, and on various, various, uh, platforms, just Google it. And also, um, my podcast, uh, advice from a dipshit with Matt Bronger. Check that out. And, uh, yeah. Okay, great. Well, thanks so much for doing it. Thank you, brother. For more information about our live shows, check out undergroundcomedydc.com.